0: like the kind you put on your, sh- your shirt. Like like the the start, start the show immediately. This is going down a bit. All right,
1: buttons it is. Is that a big conversation?
0: We're, no, it's just like it's going to take two hours it's to get out of buttons. It's already
1: taking us two hours to hit record. All right, I'm going to hit the music. Ready? There's got to be a town in Italy that makes buttons by Oh, hand. absolutely. Santa Maria della Montagna. I once knew a guy who Famoso
2: per <laughs> <for> le <the> produzioni <laughs> dei buttoni fatto... <laughs> fatto delle corne di de mucche. <laughs> <laughs> Una tradizione oh, che trascorsa oh, happy in Happy Italian American Heritage fatto months, da, da mano, <laughs> con una aga. <laughs> Alright, ready? I'm <laughs> starting Don't
1: make me
2: laugh, I con dai beneditti monici che hanno fatto questi you can got ah. do the commercials. All right, here we
1: go. Ready? Benvenuti, signore e signori, sul volo 0545, servizio da JFK, Roma,
0: Fiumicino. Si frega di attenzione. Wait, 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 tape this.
1: I am tape this.
0: Go ahead. Oh,
1: God. All right, Columbus. Here Do they we go.
2: realize we're exhausted because we had a four hour conversation, pre conversation? We had a deep conversation. You know, we try to we try to budget two episodes at a meeting and it doesn't happen. Had we just hit record and talked. We should have a gag rule on our we cannot talk to each other until we
1: tape.
0: It's really you, Pat, when, when John and I <laughs> are here. I'm, I'm a problem <laughs> pretty good at I'm, it. Just a, I, I'm just a. am just like a
1: – No, but the, the, the combo just, here is one that's gonna talk about this stuff in a very Yeah, but we have stuff that's
0: you know, I had plans that I, I was going to go and practice my uh, eggplant balls. <laughs> I, I had things that I wanted to accomplish.
2: They couldn't be done because. And now I
0: got to well, go it's, home. It's I freaking raining. I got to go to FIO. I gotta. I, What's
1: FIO? The Italian Federation in Brooklyn.
0: I sent you a thing about it. You ignore. You ignore a lot of my texts. I can't. What
2: was the file? Sometimes they don't come through.
0: Yeah, yeah. His, his text.
1: No, really. A lot of, uh, maybe you're lying to me. I don't, no, my, no, my, I, I got, I I got phone issues. Maybe but you should get I a love new phone. Blackberry. I know. You're the last BlackBerry holdout that I know. Hold
2: on. What did Fio come in? Were they doing something today? Yes, sir. Kennesaw. they Columbus Day event. Colomb, Colomb, Colomb. you get stuffed with
0: ravioli. If your mama's a paisano, you will have the world on a plate. So see that you're born in an Italiano
1: and your life will be great. And a happy Columbus Day to all of our Italian-American family out there. I am so glad to be here with you on the most Italian-American holiday on the federal calendar. This is John Viola, welcoming you back to the Italian American Podcast, and today, what a team. I am joined by two people that I love very much, Ms. Rosella Rago and Cavaliere Avocato, Pat Boyle. Guys, good to be together again.
0: We're all in the house. I'm so excited the band's back together, guys. Yeah, it's
1: kind of nice. Pat's on his phone, right? No, because <laughs> you, you send me text messages that I don't get. Yeah, and
0: you lie about not seeing. Them, <laughs> I didn't. So. I didn't lie. I don't it's even okay. know. It's
1: we're right, we're Matt. a little worn out because we we got together about I three hours ago. I,
2: I, I, I is it going to be fun today? Where are you going?
0: I assume so. Tonight I am uh, I am going to the the Federation of Italian American Organizations in Bensonhurst, in my uh, hometown, and uh, can't
1: beat that. that that's yeah. your hood. That's my hood. So this episode is going to air Monday, October fourteenth, Columbus Day. So everybody out there, as you're listening to this and downloading it in the morning, hopefully you're celebrating the holiday. But today, the day we're recording, is a couple of pre-Columbus Day events. Everything is going on right now. The Italian American Month is in full swing. There's events every night of the week. Everybody's out to different stuff. And who's going to what? I'm going to be in Cleveland. I'm going to be in Washington. Yeah, when are you going to Cleveland? Next week. Next, I don't even remember one of them. I never I love Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland's a great And there's yeah.
2: something really special about Ohio. Yeah,
1: Ohio's a great place. I yeah, like Ohio. I, uh,
0: I really would love to visit Ohio, actually. You've um, never been to Ohio? I've never been to Ohio. Oh, we got to oh, do a state visit I know visit to Dean Ohio. Martin was born there. I know about Youngstown. Yeah. Uh, I've never
2: been to Youngstown. I want to okay. Youngstown. No, I haven't done Youngstown either.
0: Yeah, That's I really, I would love no, to No, I go have. To Ohio I take that see. back.
2: I, I went to the Mount Carmel feast in Youngstown. You did? Yes, I've been to Youngstown. That's a big feast. That's like a huge feast. Um... I feel culturally, central Pennsylvania, or even like Scranton, goes all the way into Ohio. Yeah, the, 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 the Mahoning Valley. From Cleveland, yeah. there's there's really, the cultural map doesn't follow the actual political borders yeah. that separate Ohio yes. with Pennsylvania. So there's a very commonality of feeling yeah, in true. that part. I think there's a sincerity to Cleveland.
1: I've always enjoyed my time there. I, I was there couple times through NIAF, a couple of times through Basil Russo and the You ISDA. should go to Cleveland.
2: If you're listening and you haven't gone, you should go to Cleveland.
1: Yeah, Great Little Italy. A lot going. I mean, the the Assumption there is a fantastic holiday and gathering, big, big day. You know, if you think about the biggest days on the calendar for Italian-Americans in terms of when the biggest crowds come out, the Assumption feast in, uh, in August in Cleveland's Little Italy is definitely one of them. But appropriately enough, we are here today – airing on what is probably the largest gathering of Italian-Americans in the country, the Columbus Day Parade here in New York City. Uh, when this airs, the three of us will be actually marching in the parade, and uh, we're cooking up a little something special to share that experience with you. So there's a lot uh, going on. We're hoping we're, we're doing a good enough job of sharing it with you out there, t- uh, Can I sharing it all.
2: Can I just not another one, because I know you'll be editing half of my, the stuff I say out anyway, but I think there's a there's a natural synergy between what goes on in Cleveland and the Columbus Day Parade. And the reason why I say that is that I think there's a, a sincerity with the Columbus Day Parade that it's not a spectacle. No, it's definitely not. There's a lot of heart in it. And I think that a lot of Italian-American events have become commercial events. Yeah. And it's not, all, it's, it's, they're not, it's not mutually exclusive. You can have an event that promotes a business district or a business yeah. and, and, and be authentic. But some of them have just kind of um, denigrated Yeah. And to just flat out kind of soulless promotion. Yeah. But there's a real sincere pride that emanates from the New York Columbus Day Parade.
1: Uh, One part of what we're going to do here today. So for those of you out there who are regular listeners, uh, you know, Italian American Month, we're we're taking very seriously. Last week, our episode on the great Italian American survey questionnaire that we've been putting together uh, was well received. We got a lot of questions. Thank you to the listeners that sent us questions. Um, Some of them made it on there, and it's out there now, and hopefully you'll visit our website and our social media and take this survey because we really want to gather as much information as possible. But this week and next week, we'll both be dealing with Columbus Day, and today we're going to really talk about the history of this event and some of the celebrations around the country. And then next week, with a larger panel, we're going to dig into the controversy around this holiday that I think everybody is aware of. So you're absolutely right. Part of what makes these events so great is that they are organic. Columbus Day has been celebrated since 1792 in this country, and this parade that we have in New York has existed since the 1934. I mean, this is a long standing tradition. It's not something set up for the commercial value of it.
2: I think the thirties are very important because by the nineteen thirties, we have our first, I would say, generation being born of grandchildren of Italian immigrants. Yeah. So the people who came like 1878, 1880, they have kids 1890, you know, 1890s yeah. or early 1900s. They called the Jimmy Durantes. Yeah. The Jimmy Durantes were the first American-born children of Italian immigrants. So you think yep. our very, very first American-born started about, let's say, 1880. The really first the ones. The big numbers, yeah. And until 1895, because the, the immigrants had, that had come in the very post-Civil War years. Right, were mostly people who came because they were like music conductors, or they yes. were painters. They are exactly, yeah. they were high skilled tradesmen that had trades that were in demand in a enriching United States at one European culture. But if you take the the crowd that's more in between, let's say 1880 and 1895, they're World War One vets, a lot of them, and they start to have kids, in let's say between. Um, Right after World War I. So, let's like say from 1922 to 1934, yeah. right? But by the 30s, there's actually starting to be large numbers of people who are grandchildren of Italian immigrants. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think this is important is because the first Italian immigrants had come, the, the big discussion was, are they going to be isolated? You know, like there were towns in, in Wisconsin where you had Germans who only spoke German, yeah. German immigrants. Are they going to be isolated? Are they going to go back to Italy? So, you're going to make money... No, Why do your kids need to speak English? Because you're going to go back and buy the big massaria, the big farm, and, and you're going to use your American money for Italian prosperity. And then there's the third argument. Of, are they going to stay here and integrate into the greater American society? And I think by the 30s, option three becomes obvious. I mean, even though Italians and Hungarians are the largest percentage of immigrants who go back to the old country, yeah. people are going to stay. And they're going to be part of the American fabric. So how do you... How do Because so I think if you go back to the Columbus Monument, the one that's here in New York, Progresso was behind that, correct? Yeah. Generoso Pope. Was that Generoso Pope yeah. who was behind no, that? No, it, it was, was in, Il Progresso, the newspaper, it was before, Progresso, Generoso before Generoso Pope. Before Generoso Pope. So you have that statue, which is Italian immigrants, people who came speaking Italian, actual immigrants saying, we, we, we brought value to the world. You know, you have these horrific cartoons in newspapers and articles where we're idiots and organ grinders and... Uh, we received racial discrimination in this country, um, lynchings, the whole nine yards. And the, the the monument saying, listen, we speak broken English. And, and and if he did know English, he'd be speaking broken English to the guy that discovered this place. Yeah. But take the parade, which is about um, the Columbus Monument went up like 1895, am I correct? 1892. Right, 1892. So you take basically 40 years later, and you have the Columbus Day Parade, which, in my opinion, is almost like. The, the Columbus statue says our race, because we were, we were put in a racial sense of that, song, the Italian race had made a contribution to this country because had it not been for us, you wouldn't even be here. But the second stamp is the parade in the 30s is we are now part of the American fabric. Yeah. Because a parade is such an American phenomenon. Yeah, it's true. A procession is Italian, be it, be it a religious procession, be it a coronation procession, be it a funeral procession, a very ritualistic procession is very much Italian. But the American idea of a parade, it's, it's such an American idea.
1: Yeah, it's very different.
2: So now the Italians, who are known for their processions, right, all through New York at that time, which were very much an ethnic, mm-hmm. religious kind of ghettoized event, step out of that and step into a outward manifestation, a demonstration of who they are in an American forum, which is the parade. That's well said.
1: And let's yeah. let's set the table a little bit, right? Everybody should be aware. I mean, I don't know if they still use the old Limerick yeah. in school, but in fourteen hundred ninety-two,
0: Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Good,
1: because I couldn't yeah. get it out; I was <laughs> tripping on my tongue. I uh, don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know if, <laughs> don't know if, if you're, you're allowed, allowed to even <laughs> tell it
1: anymore. <laughs> I know they probably they're probably not. But uh, it, on October, say it
2: again tw- though. That's important though.
1: For you say it, bro.
0: In October 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue.
2: But well, why why can't we say that anymore?
0: I think there's just um, this idea of Columbus that we were taught in school that was, you know, that, that accompanied the poem and the Nina and the Pinta and the Santa Maria. And children were very much taught that it was this jolly journey yeah. across the Atlantic Ocean to to get here. And you know, as as years went on and um, and the, and the internet came about, we, we really were more educated that it was not exactly a Disney movie. Yeah, that's, uh, awesome.
1: that's a good way to put it.
0: There was a whole lot more to it. Not all of it was pretty. Uh, a lot of it was probably filled with yeah, not wonderful could... things that go into <laughs> establishing an entire civilization, an entire colonialization. Yeah. Not everything happens, you know, out of peace and kindness. No.
2: And yeah, but can I follow up on what Roe yeah. said? Because I think Roe really hit it out of the park with that. If you take that concept, the whole medieval world was a rough place. But the medieval world probably really did end in 1492. Sure. Because between 14—yeah, in 1492, you have many things. You have the Moors uh, leave Spain. Yep. Um, The expulsion of Jews from Spain. Yep. Three big things that happened that changed the whole— that. That changed Spain from really being part of the North African culture into into what came after it. You have Columbus coming to the New World. Um, uh, a couple of decades previous, you had the fall of Constantinople, forty so, years earlier. Right. So you have the fall of Constantinople, which is right before that, which really cements the Middle East as we know it today. That puts an iron curtain. Constantinople becomes Istanbul, and it becomes It, it basically builds the iron curtain of what's east and what's west. And then 1517, you have Luther and the, the Protestant Reformation, and a couple of decades after that, it, it manifests into the, when the Reformation goes to England, and, and that's really why the United States exists today. But say within that period, the whole world, I mean, it's, it's explosive change. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard call to make, but probably 1492 to 1517 is, is, the, is, is the real crux of that.
1: It's like a second Big Bang. Really it's the second big bang for humanity, yeah.
2: And I think you could—it's something like you know—it's like the birth of Christ. You determine years before and after.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true.
2: But I think that to get back to what Rose said is that you have a world where we've painted it. In the Victorians painted, the Victorians painted everything in in, in very rose-colored glasses. But the view now of of the medieval world is the King Arthur
1: round table,
2: sword, and the whole nine yard. It's super romanticized.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I want to make today about because in order for us to have the debate and discussion that we should be having as stewards of this uh, Italian-American heritage next week about the pros and cons of Columbus and and the historiography behind it, we have to set the table with how we got to this version. And that's why I I bring up this idea of like a little rhyme and the way we learned about Columbus in school because it's all the byproduct of 300 years of myth-making – Around Columbus. And I'm not coming down on the side as to whether that's a positive myth or a negative myth. I'm just saying there's a history to how Columbus has been um, appropriated and treated and historically— You're uh, on the money, John, 100 I think.
2: Sure, but the credentials, the parallel credentials, is the fact that the other great myth is the American Revolution. Because the American Revolution, the way it's taught in American schools, is painted from an American perspective. King George III was a horrible guy. He was a tyrant. England was horrible. And um, Americans were 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 slave to British tyranny. Now, granted, there's a there's a lot to be said about the American side of the argument, but also the British side of the argument. Sure. And so when we have we've, we've sent it in schools, we try to make it a very good cop bad cop type of scenario. When the story is much more complicated.
1: Well, it's actually from that complication that Columbus Day is really born, because Columbus. Does't really figure as a historic icon in the years prior to 1792. Yes, they, they, they obviously in Genova, you know acknowledge his uh, achievements. And in Spain, you know there's there's monuments and there's recognition of uh, his journey. But the day that Columbus really becomes iconographic is in 1792 when in both New York and Boston, celebrations are had for the first time around an American holiday, Columbus Day, because it's non-British. To me, that's the changing point.
0: That they chose to recognize an Italian-American.
1: Yes, because he was not British. But there was no Italian. Hold on a minute. He wasn't Italian. They. they, It wasn't in Italy. Right, but my point is they couldn't go back to any of the British history that they really came from because they just fought Britain. So they picked a Roman Catholic from a pre-unitary Italian state who was sort of they had to dust him off to make him this American hero. That so, is so.
0: But let me let me also point out. According to Americans, Columbus is Italian. According to Italians, Columbus is not Italian. Yeah, I know. Nobody, um,
1: nobody wants him. So
0: I I want to tell a really funny story, and I think I'm going to say it in uh in my family's regional language. In Body in <laughs> Molesa, yes, in Malaysia. <laughs> and then uh, maybe we'll translate it. But uh, maybe a few of you will understand. So. In Bensonhurst, my family had a uh, a three-family home uh actually no it was a four-family home on uh, 18th Avenue and 70th Street and one of our tenants, one of our glorious magical tenants was this woman Sabella. It's a great name. Not Isabella, we called her Sabella. Love that. So Sabella was a became a mother Few years into her 40s, and she would always comment that no one ever thought that she was going to have a baby, and her husband's uh nieces and nephews were always sniffing around him for the inheritance, <laughs> you know, whatever. So then, at like 46 or something, wow. she had this one child named Peter, and he was uh, he probably would have been diagnosed with ADD today, he was very, <laughs> very hyperactive. And uh, my mother used to uh, tutor Peter. Sometimes, uh, as well as some other children on the block, and they were kids from Monte di Procida, from Moladibari, from Sicily. It was just sued in one block, and it was really beautiful. But um, one day, Peter comes home and he tells Mamina. Mami tu mi devi dire un fatto di Cristoforo Colombo. And she was like, chi è Cristoforo Colombo? And he goes, oh, mamma, tu la, la teacher mi ha detto a me che tu sei italiana e tu lo devi sapere sto fatto. And she's like, eee, e io non so i fatti degli altre persone. Tu devi andare devi dire alla tua teacher che tua madre non è una pettegola, ok? Si fa i fatti su, eppure sono i fatti di un maschio. <laughs> Ok, tu devi dire a Latice Tua madre è una persona seria So, Pirin uh, uh, Oh, mamma Io devo essere bocciato, Come devo fare? Eh, eh, ha detto che la tic, Ha detto che tu sei italiano Tu sei venuto uh, in America Cristoforo Colombo è venuto con la nave E io ho venuto con l'apparecchio <ride> Io ho venuto con l'aeroplano, Hai capito tu? Io non lo conosco non lo de- Sai che devi fare? Tu devi andare a vedere a Diagecchino. Quella tanti anni fa è venuta con Ancora l'ha conosciuta, questo. Oh, my God. Tell the so, audience that doesn't speak... Uh, wait, wait, wait. The story's not over. Oh, sorry. So, a little bit of time passes, and my mother runs into Sabella. And she goes, Sabella, ma te l'hanno detto il fatto di Cristoforo Collo? Si, Era un fissato io è venuto un che voleva uscire per forza all'America, voleva andare per forza in America. E, e tanto male. E quello è andato alla regina d'Italia. E, la, e gli italiani sono tutti gelosi, nessuno lo voleva aiutare. Capite? capito? Gli italiani sono così. Allora quello è andato alla regina della Spagna. Isabella, si chiamava Isabella come a me. E che gli ha dato tre barcarelle, a Nina, a Pind e a Santa Maria. Madonna, quando quanto male sangue, quanto male sangue ha fatto per venire qua? Ma ci ha fatto fuori? E gli mi ha chiesto tanta a buona con parè che mi ha end ieri da queste ore stavano. <laughs> this is a this is the history of uh, of, of Christopher Columbus, according to a, an, a a Southern Italian American woman with no education. This is this was her with No formal education. <laughs> no formal, no formal education. <laughs> education. Okay, so here's what happened. So Sabella has this uh kind of hyperactive son Peter he comes home one day and peter says mommy you got to you got to tell me the story about christopher columbus she goes, what Christopher Columbus? Who the hell is Christopher Columbus? She's like, I I don't know, but the teacher said that you're Italian and uh, he was Italian too and you gotta know the story. It's like, I don't know the story. I mind my own business. Okay, you gotta go, you gotta tell your teacher your mother is serious and she minds her own business and she does not know other people's business and he's even a man. I don't know things about men. I mind my own business and that's it. goes, Mommy, what what am I gonna do? I'm gonna fail now. you gotta tell me the story of Christopher oh I don't know this guy I'm telling you I don't know he's like but he said that he came a long time ago with the boat I came with the plane what the (laughs) hell you want from me you know what you gotta do Petey you gotta go see Aunt Jackie a lot of years ago she came with the boat (laughs) maybe she met this guy I don't know.
2: This is a true story. True story. Because uh, 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 if somebody life. out there uh, thinks this is not true. I swear to God my life. This is a true story. So a,
0: a, few, a few weeks passed and my mom says, it's not bad. but did they ever tell you the story of Christopher Columbus? She's like, oh, yeah. Angela, he was obsessed. <laughs> that he wanted to go to America. And he tried to get the Italians to help him. You know, he went to them, he asked them for help, but Italians are jealous. They weren't gonna help him. So you know what he did? He was smart. He went to Spain. You know, the Spanish, they're uh, they're muy caliente. They like people, you know? And he talked to the queen, uh, Isabella. She was Isabella like me. And she gave him three little boats, okay? She gave him the Nina, the Pinda, and the Santa Maria. But who made him do it? They said it was such a big journey to come here. People even died. I felt so good taking the airplane. You know, <laughs> I put myself inside. In eight hours, I was
1: here. <laughs> and thus are so the words of today's Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that you think, and this is 20 years ago.
0: Maybe about 35 years ago.
1: You could, I mean, you can really see where this figure was picked out of an unfortunate almost obscurity in Italy. I mean, this is not a— we ch- The
2: Italian-Americans anointed him to no. an extent. You the don't think The so. post-colonial
1: Americans anointed him, and that's that's what drives my whole thinking on this. It's like they took this guy because he had nothing to do with their British heritage. It was the only figure— they, they they literally went as far back as they could to find somebody non-British that can be a, a, a hero in this country. They had to go to Columbus. So
0: What about Amerigo Vespucci? What about uh, Verrazzano? Only, only
1: room for one, <laughs> one, one <laughs> Italian in the <this> like, cell. <laughs> <That's laughs> it's like oh, Jada yeah, on right. Food Network. Yeah, there can no, only no, be only one. one. <laughs> Let's not get crazy here. God forbid we should have ten Italian heroes for this country. But, yeah, so Columbus Day begins 1792. I actually have in my collection a, a, a newspaper. From here in New York, the day after describing the first parade, and it was basically all about, you know, uh, the 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 fact that many nations had provided uh, Americans and American values and patriotism. So the holiday begins essentially about America and the sense of discovery and newness that comes with the Columbus myth. You know, I
2: I don't, and I don't know how how it fits into the pro. But as you're saying this, what's coming to me is the Columbian Exposition. Exactly. Yeah. Is kind of the pinnacle where the U.S. says to the world, come look
1: at us. I mean, like, think about this. I mean, Columbus, right, we, we, we create a, a a designed, planned city as the capital. It's named the District of Columbia, right? There's Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, Columbus becomes very quickly this—I mean, look, the, the female personification of America, right, before Uncle Sam really took off, we would— uh, illustrate the country with the with the human personification like you know Italy has Italia, to Columbia Eat, uh, Lady Columbia, Liber- columbia. But Lady liberty uh, but her original name was Columbia the gem of, of the ocean yeah the home of the free and the brave i mean that kind of played as the american na- national anthem in, in in the late 19th century sure. look when they renamed what was originally king's college in northern manhattan it became columbia university this is this is not a myth or a story that starts with our community, because in those years, we're not here in any significant number. So Columbus Day predates our arrival by a, a wide margin. And it continues to be a holiday that's observed in different municipalities um, for, for decades and decades. And it really is all about the idea of a, of a multicultural origin to the United States. And it's only really in 1866 here in New York... That the first Italian American uh, version of the holiday happens. So, 1866, you have a, a small but a growing population of Italians here in the city, and they sort of jump onto this Columbus holiday as uh, as maybe a a little bit more Italian than American. And
2: and it's six years right after reunification.
1: Yeah, and so now you're
2: looking for national, you're looking for national faces. Yeah. For a newly
1: created Italy, because you have a sense of being Italy, Italian. Sure. For the so where
2: I mean, if you take 1859, someone from the two Sicilies is not going. No, to, there's no such thing. There's as no Italian. such thing as an Italian nationhood. And, and 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 I think Freemasonry had a lot to do with this also because the the ancient Italian world. You had saints. They were the they were the, the patrons of your town. Was the emblem of your town, but where Freemasonry is growing in Italy and a detachment from the church, now you need secular saints. To canonize Garibaldi, the Garibaldi, Mazzini, Mazzini, Columbus,
1: absolutely. and it actually starts to eke into Italy at that point. This idea that oh, okay, the rest of the world or or this great uh, expanse of continental territory that's becoming the United States, they see this, this guy as a hero. You even have in the eighteen nineties uh, the Italian Columbian Expositions. They, they called it the Italo American Exposition, where they use Columbus and this idea of the natural tie between him. And the United States, and now them, to represent their sort of um, access to enroll in progress in global progress. So Columbus is beginning to see a little bit of Italianness in the late 18. You know what's funny though, John, because you, you
2: you get my mind—you're stirring up the mud with this. South America didn't marry Columbus the way America did. South America embraced more like uh, San Martin, Bolivar. Yes, they have more of a concentration, I think. On the people who were responsible for the independence of of South American countries, yes, right. Um, I think in the 1820s, I think they 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 have more of a place.
1: I mean, uh, in their, I don't know if I, I in
2: mythology in the sense of the founding. I, I don't
1: know if I agree necessarily because I mean, think about it. Colombia, the nation, is named after Columbus. Sure, sure. Right? sure. You, you, th- they, if you look at the celebration of Columbus Day now in Latin America, what's what's what it's evolved into, I guess. What it, what's still being celebrated It's Dia de la Datze. I mean, it's it's still a huge celebration down but there. But I think
2: it's more.
1: I think it's, more, and this is just my opinion because
2: I'm trying to say this is. I think this Columbus Day is an American holiday. It's really an American holiday because Canada. It's 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 Thanksgiving Day in Canada. Yeah. From the time I've spent in Canada, I've never seen a Columbus monument. Maybe if it's up there. If you're out, if you're up north, and you you know this stuff, let us know. I've never seen, italo Canadians. Or Canada, as a as a nation in general, embrace Columbus no, you're the right. way we have. You're right. I mean, the Latin, Latin Americans have. didn't start
1: celebrating the Latin Dia de la until it's like our the day. 1900s. Right, but yeah. I'm saying it's really yeah.
2: an American— Yes, it is. And I think a lot of it has to do with the impact Italian-Americans had on this country.
1: I think now—I mean, so here's what we're getting to, Right. You see the Italians starting to eke into the celebrations in 1905. The state of Colorado is actually the first state to declare it a legal holiday. So this doesn't become a legal holiday until 1905. And I mean, but Colorado has a large,
2: uh, autochthonous, I don't know if that's the right word. A Native, Italian American population. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, f- mostly from Potenza. I think a lot of people don't realize that you know other parts of the country, like Arizona. Like Arizona had a lot of migration from yeah. Illinois, from Chicago. Yeah, so they're like a second step of migration. People the same way Texas was. I mean, Galveston had a, a Sicilian population, but a lot of people, from, a lot of it's, uh, Sicilians, especially from Louisiana, migrating migrated to Texas. to Texas. Yeah, but Denver, Denver had a real original Italian yeah. population, very heavily from Basilicata, from Potenza. So I think that that's
1: you know, it could be part of But I mean, forget that in this time, right? As this holiday is becoming something that more and more and more municipalities in the nation are tying themselves to, you also have the growth of our Italian-American identification with him. Uh, After the lynchings in New Orleans in 1891, you have 1892, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, the monument in Columbus Circle goes up, and it's one of the first monuments, it might be the first that wasn't put up by the wider society. It was actually put up by Italian Americans. I think it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, I, I, and that's I what do, saved it, life a... when they tried to take it down, was that it was built by Italian American donations.
2: It's really if you if you go to New York and go to Columbus Circle, I think it's one of old New York has been taken away so much of old oh, New it's York gone. through yeah. development, yeah. and we're constantly losing beautiful things in New York.
1: Um, but the Columbus Mime is just beautiful. I think it's just so well done. And for me, the thing that makes it special is this idea that it was built by small donations led by the newspaper Il Progresso Italiano, which was then, and its its successor, America Oggi, is still the most distributed Italian language uh, daily in the nation. But, you know, they, they did a fundraising campaign to raise 50 cents, 10 cents, a dollar to build this statue in the wake of the lynchings in New Orleans. So. Uh, it, John, it, can I ask you a question? Because yeah. you have a lot more expertise
2: than I do on this. How much of a, a, a correlation do you see between the lynchings
1: in New Orleans and the statue in um, Manhattan? It's one-to-one, built in response. I, I believe, I mean, it's not a declared...
0: It was built totally in response to, to the lynchings.
1: That That's my conclusion. Like, it was not planned before the lynchings. I, I think the idea was, here was this growing community... That was out. I mean, don't forget how outraged, and I mean, we need to have an episode on the lynchings, but people people forget it was not just like uh, all of these Sicilians get lynched, the largest mass lynching in the history of the country, and everybody sort of puts their head down. Like it was the, the Italian community that was here, most of whom were still citizens of Italy at that point, had not become citizens, were outraged to the point where the Kingdom of Italy at that time actually recalled its ambassador from the United States. I mean, had they had, this is, you know, 30 years after Italy became a country, they'd had a pretty de minimis military presence, but th- there was actually talk of going to war with the United States. That's wow. how serious of an affront this was seen as. So this was worldwide news. You know what, I, what really aggravates me? Because when this whole argument was going on in New York about removing the
2: Columbus statue, my response was, well, what are you going to put in its place? Are you going to put a monument to the, to, the, to the people, the Sicilians that were hung in New Orleans? Yeah, that's true. I mean, do we have any value in the com- American conversation anymore that we can be dismissed? My thing is, okay... If you're anti-Columbus, how do you reconcile the Italian-American presence? So who came to us and said, okay, we know this statue means a lot to you, but we find him as a controversial figure, so we're going to take him out, and we're going to put, oh, Mother Cabrini, well, she can't go there either, <laughs> right? So that's that's a whole other thing. So you're going to put the, the Sicilians. You know, I've said it to so many, who knows the largest lynching in American history was against Italian-Americans.
0: So nobody knows that, and maybe it's also because I just searched on YouTube for that, and there there's very little. Nothing. They there's don't a, care. There's they, a a uh, one minute forty one second clip on the lynching. Um, where are those documentaries?
1: Yeah, well, the, well, Richard Gambino's Vendetta, which is a great book, and then HBO did like a really pretty subpar. Film on it a couple of years ago, but it's not. In, it's not entered into the popular conversation. And again, comes back to this theme that keeps recurring. I, in our I really show. do feel we like, put our head down. We don't. Yeah, do but anything. I think we're
2: also not respected. Uh, Italians are not respected in the United States. I, and if, if people get annoyed, at this whatever, because we're always put in an organ grinder image. You know, it's always we're kind of like either a mafioso or an over emotional like. The um, buffoon. Vincent Gardini on on when he was on. Um, all in the family, yeah. right? Um, You know, he's like, you know, oh, Archie. I made you a panettone. I'm gonna come up and hug you and kiss you, and then I'm gonna sing opera. Like we're always, and you know, we're entertaining. I'm not against that. You know, the same thing with with Sopranos and Goodfellas. The, Italians are entertaining, whether they're they're surgeons, mobsters, saints, sinners. You know, uh, uh, and because of who we are, whatever we do, we got a pizzazz to it. <laughs> true. That's but true. who else would just? It's like we're just it's it's just written off, and I'm not and I'm not trying to kind of come here and say you know victimization culture, which is another whole controversy. in the US. But what I'm saying is the fact that no one even in the, in the Italian American community there's such a lack of knowledge of what happened in New Orleans that when the controversy with the statue in Manhattan came up, that there was no response to say, okay, you're going to take out this statue, but what are you going to replace it with? That's emblematic of who we are and what we went through and why nervous immigrants went and built this because they saw a savagery take place in New Orleans. And I feel there's such a correlation because this is following up on Cabrini. Mother Cabrini statue was dismissed. It's like, oh, it's them again. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna ignore the Italians and they'll go away and go eat meatball somewhere. <laughs> and it and it was the same thing with the Columbus statue. And I don't know Where's our voice in this? I mean, if you don't find this, if this isn't upsetting to you, the listeners, I mean, I don't know. I know everybody's got their own opinion.
0: No. I find it,
2: I find it an outrage.
0: It was upsetting to me and it was upsetting to me to see the lack of upset to some people and, you know, they wanted to make it a a left-right issue, a separation of church and state issue. Um... I don't feel it was any of those issues. And one person said, this shouldn't be especially about Catholicism. Mother Cabrini would have wanted us to go and feed the homeless and, and uh, donate coats and stuff, which I very much do agree with. But at the same time-
2: And it's I, not her decision. No, no, no. but go. at
0: the same time, this person also said, um, this campaign, the She Built New York campaign is about diversification. And that angered me so much. Because, you know, especially from the mouth of a fellow Italian-American to say that Italian-Americans don't have a place in the conversation about diversification.
1: we just lumped in at white people.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like we're, we're just like raceless. Less, At, at this less point. It's true.
1: We belong, less to, than. we belong to we're, nobody.
0: We're like silly white people. <laughs> yeah, we're we like are. hillbillies. <laughs> we're like hillbilly uh, Yeah, but can I, well,
2: can I follow up? <laughs> because true. We, we both were flipping out last night over the same post on the same social media, and I know exactly who she's talking about. Had the city come out and said, listen, Mother Cabrini has a shrine in New York, or she has a park, which she does, and there's a park, and there's a street, and she has a lot of that, and we hear where you're coming from. We want to have someone who's never been... Spoken about before, yeah. it's a response. We were just dismissed. I mean, I don't want just, us to go too deep into sure, Cabrini but, I think, because I, but it, I think but I think I think it's it's coming back because yeah. it's the same dismissive. Yeah, the meatball the meatball eaters and the organ grinders just dismiss them, and they're gonna and you know a lot. And I, another argument is a lot of prominent Italian Americans. Where are they in this argument? Italian Americans in media and academia? Nowhere. who's gonna line up and say? One, one, one prominent Italian-American who voiced this would change the whole argument. But they refused to self-identify. Chaz I mean, Palminteri did. Chaz did. Chaz right. did,
0: but imagine if Lady Gaga did. Sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and my thing is this. Why do we have less of a say? If you take the Italian-Americans in American media in the 70s, right, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, they were proud to be Italian-American, and they self-identified, and we had a seat at the table because they made sure we did. Yeah. And where are the Italian-American celebrities of today who who do self-identify? Because we know a lot of them from the circle we're in. Where are you going to stand up? Because they're so afraid of the backlash. And that's what leadership is taking backlash. Yeah. So either you're part of the tribe or you're not. And you got to stick your neck out there and say, this is not right.
0: Well, I mean, I I certainly face a fair amount of that on on the Cooking with Nona Facebook page. Uh, People seem to be a little confused, like uh, you should only be posting recipes, get back in the kitchen, stick (coughs) to cooking, or only some of the lovely comments uh, I've received. (laughs) And I'm not saying everybody feels sorry for me. Um, I'm just saying that information is power and having a platform is powerful. Yep. And empowering, and if I don't use that platform to talk about issues that I care about, um, that that are pertinent to my culture and to the culture of many of its followers, then I'm not I'm not responsible. No, you're just
2: an empty yeah, suit. And I, and I just
0: want to say something. And I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't. Um. I didn't set out to just be this like happy little Italian-American girl that pretends that things like this are not happening. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Like They want to just pretend that Columbus was a perfect guy or Columbus wasn't a nice guy. Or yeah. They want to just pretend that uh, things aren't how they really are. Everybody
1: and, wants a binary answer to these things. Somebody's good or bad. I mean, look, th- 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 this stuff but
0: is... But I, I posted something about immigration. Not even about immigration. The ISDA article that was a, was about uh, how the, the uh, Italians of the Mezzogiorno left Italy and, and stuff. And, and one person chose to make it about immigration. Oh, and I was like, this man. was not about immigration. This is literally our history. This is not political. And you know, people accuse me of being political, and I don't mean to, to be. Crazy, but-, but, you know, it became very quickly... A conversation about immigration, about Italian American immigration, and how this uh, this idea that we all came here the right way, which I don't agree with either. That's I a mean, mythology. my own personal history: my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a stowaway. Wow! He was later given amnesty for his entire family. Um, if he like revealed himself, he was able wow. to bring his entire family here. And my maternal great grandmother and uh, and everyone were called here. By my Uncle Dominic. Wow. He married my Aunt Rosa, he immigrated, and he called everybody over. and So he was responsible for my entire family coming. My paternal grandfather, not so much. My point is, things are never black and no. white. No. They're extremely gray.
1: Not to mention this whole conversation about what's legal and illegal immigration. Not that I want to wade into this pool right now. Wouldn't that be a fire? Oh, yeah, the blow up the computer. But all of it really is born out of the laws in 1924, legislating quotas on immigration that were written basically for us, Greeks, uh, Jews. I mean, this is Southern European horde that that uh, the the WASP mainstream didn't want. So prior to us, <laughs> there was no conversation about what was – it was like, welcome everybody.
2: To, to those out there who oppose the Columbus statue, that you're listening to this, for the people who support it's a clear black and white issue. But for those of you, for your own reasons, who say, okay – Columbus shouldn't have been there. Take into consideration that we were dismissed. No one came to us and said to us, We know to you as a community this is important.
0: Because they don't see us as a formidable community.
1: Because they don't don't. don't see us as votes.
2: That's that's their thing. Well, I have some some,
1: some theories on this, and I want to save them for next week. So I want to put a pin in the controversial part, and I just want to wrap up with the the end of the history because there's some interesting stuff to it that our audience should know going into next week. But I want to ask you, Ro. You are the expert on social media and this threesome, particularly. Is there a way that between this airing here on Columbus Day and uh, next week's episode, we can do a an online one question poll or whatever you call it, where we we sort of ask people, give them like five options on their opinion on Columbus Day and see what they think, with no room for responses on the Bob, no room for you know comments. I don't want to lead to a commentary, so I just want to just get a statistical sense.
0: I would have to look into how we would do that. I don't know if we could do it on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, on Instagram you can poll, but you can only have two options, and it's only there for 24 hours. Mm. You can always ask a question in a post and give these options, but you you leave room for people to just yeah, write whatever crazy. they
1: want. All right, well, got to look into this, because I'd love to get a sense of what – I mean, it's only a sample of the community, but I'd love to get a sense. And it, and it is a question that's in the poll that's out there now. So I, I – would love to know what people are like because i encountered a lot of different things i opinions. think that
0: the the um the question the answers always circle back to um well we want more diversity in new york it's diversity they use words like diversity and inclusion and um i just It's fine We're but i'm gonna you off, it's fine it's fine but i just I, I don't know why italian americans are not part of that yeah are it, not it, it, why are we why are we seen as out, outliers of that
1: Well, I want to get to bring the history of this holiday to a really interesting close. We've been talking a lot about, like, why are we overlooked and, you know, not to be victimized. And and here's the amazing thing about this holiday. Columbus Day, 1937, the Knights of Columbus and Generoso Pope, who's now taken over, Il Progresso at this point, who's probably the most prominent Italian-American business person in the country and a huge community leader, founded the Columbus Citizens Foundation in New York, and they have operated the parade ever since, uh, they, they they create the parade here in New York, and then a few years later, the United States and Italy are at war with each other, and Italian-Americans, not in the same numbers as Japanese, but in higher numbers than the Germans, in many places, are put into um, in, internment camps. Uh, their businesses are um, disrupted. We all know George DiMaggio's parents had their fishing boat taken away. They're restricted. I, ha- their- I don't have at on, home. Not everybody
0: knows that. I'm sorry. Right. I, we all know. That's a true. lot of the people of don't know. know those yeah. things. You, you
1: know, what at you, all? Should, you, yeah. you should put
2: online my uncle. I have my uncle's enemy alien paperwork.
1: That's amazing. My that, grandmother's, my grandmother's
2: fact. uncle, my my grandmother's father's brother, never married, lived with them, um, never became a citizen. I think part he is. I think his English was a little rough, and. Um, yeah, he was in a household where the boys went off to war, and I have his enemy alien paperwork that he had to carry with him at all times. Now, to be fair to the United States, I used to ask my grandmother about this, and she said that she felt there was no prejudice against the Italians in Jersey City during the war. Might have been different anywhere yeah. else, because when I would, ha- cause I got the paperwork now. And I said to my she said, no, because my grandmother actually had cousins who were POWs in Belmead, New Jersey, a cousin who was a POW, who used to get leave to come out, and that's that's a whole other yeah. episode. So to, as a credit to the United States... Um, at least in Jersey City, there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't, in any sense persecution, from what my grandmother told me. But my uncle still had to walk around with a, with an enemy alien
1: card. Yeah, and, and, and you know, many families were put in camps. And you know, you, you, this is when you see the emergence of uh, posters in Italian neighborhoods: "Don't speak the enemy's language." All these things. My point is not to debate whether or not the country was right in that. My point is, it's in 1940. 1940- and it's
2: it's a complicated. Also, like I gotta say something. It's a complicated story, and that's yes. another episode because Jersey City was like the most fascist place in the United that's States. That's true. Like Mussolini's picture was, I mean, yeah, they, City, had a, yeah. they had a Mussolini school yes. in Jersey. So if you were an American out in Nebraska, you know, a waspy American saying, I'm scared of those Italians in Jersey City. They won't fond of Mussolini. <laughs> I <laughs> <Yeah>. could understand <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Right? I could tell you a lot of stories. But, you know, we, we have our own set. My, my whole argument, let's get back to exactly what Rose said. My argument is if they wanted to say there was more diversity, whatever they wanted to argue, different people, people no one knows of. Don't dismiss who we are. Here's like we're just
1: insignificant okay. to the story of New York or to New York's current population. But here's the point that I want to make out of it. It's in these times, the mid to late 30s. First of all, the fascist government is spending a lot of money. Now they've adopted the myth of Columbus themselves. So this is a global hero for them. So a global Italian. thats That goes well for, for fascist propaganda. And... This is when Italian-Americans start to become a voter bloc. It's a short window in history, but don't forget, it's 1934 that Fiorello LaGuardia is elected mayor of New York, and he does so by uniting the Italian vote and the Jewish vote, of which he shares both ethnic identities, and defeating Tammany Hall, the undefeatable monster. And so people start to see us as a voting block, and certainly the prime movers and shakers like Generoso Pope start to have not only the money to affect politics, but the votes to affect politics. And so Pope and his like are the ones who really push on the president to say, first of all, you gotta do away with this internment. These are not criminals, they're not enemy aliens, and you've got to sort of put a little bit of attention back into the community. So it's in nineteen forty two when they shut down these internment camps, released the Italians, even even though we're still at war with Italy, and this Columbus Day parade starts to take on a lot of attention from the federal... Um, the federal.
2: Uh, Could I, can I say something? Maybe when you edit this, you'll stick it at the end. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you care about this, you got to roll with us because we're here in this podcast and we're, we're at the rudder of the ship. But the ship can't go ahead unless we have sails, unless we have people, you know, like those Roman galleys with the oarsmen. If you want to be an oarsman on our ship, you got to educate yourself. If you don't know about this stuff, and read these books and read these articles because you're the you're the one on especially in lots of parts of the country where there's not Italian Americans, you're the point of contact when people say, Oh, you know, I know Tony, he's Italian, you know. you're gonna be the point of contact that represents us and then it has an opportunity to educate people about us. Yeah. You're part of this. If you think that this is an ethnicity, if this is a culture that's worth continuing. You got to help us because we can't do this alone. Yeah, and you have to educate yourself about this, and you should be able to say to people when they're talking about this whole the history of Columbus Day. You know, it's not just a day off of a of a Monday in October. There's a lot of
1: history behind it. Yeah, and you can come down on either side of the argument. You should just know what you're talking about.
2: Sure, you need to educate yourself at yeah. the part of you know why were the Italians in New York so committed to building a statue? You know, why? How, what was the big impetus behind Columbus Day in New York? Hey, there's a statue there because of what happened in New Orleans. Yeah. Why was there a parade? Tantrax began to become integrated. You know, when the United States went to war with in World War II, the John Basilone was the most decorated American Marine. Marine, you know. So, you got to. We we need you. We're not yeah. we're not in this alone. If yeah. you wanted to be, if, if this is a, this is a movement, we, we we all have to move together. But John, let me ask you a question. Why do you, why do you see the Johnson administration supporting Columbus Day? Why do you see why do you see Columbus Day, Johnson? Yeah, it was in the sixties it became a federal holiday. No, it became a federal holiday in thirty seven. We gotta research this. I think I'm not betting the house on this. I think that President Roosevelt proclaimed it a holiday.
1: Yes, a federal holiday. In 19- I don't 1937.
2: know. Did they get off from that day on?
1: I don't know. I mean I know in nineteen seventy one they, they actually set it on the first uh what is it? They, but it was that was Monday Johnson. Johnson
2: had signed that legislation in sixty seven. It became effective in seventy one.
1: The holiday was the first, the second Monday in October since 1971. Right.
2: But, in, but in 67, it was signed. That was what he did. Well, okay. it four years later, mm-hmm. there was a whole group of holidays that went from being
1: floating to Mondays. There you go. So that's Johnson's contribution. But I don't know. No, I've never heard anything about Johnson's contribution to it. But next week, when we have a, a little wider panel, it'd be something worth asking. Because, you know, this holiday did... Yes, it did take on a different meaning after the Italian internment, but I think it is in the '60s and '70s as this uh, this movement of Italian identity and the you know think about it, 1967 you have Frank Sinatra and the American Italian Anti-Defamation League, and then in '71 you have um, Joe Colombo and the Italian American Civil Rights League, and you start to get this growing sense of Italian American pride, Italian power, which is a movement that I love the history of, and I think that's when Columbus Day really starts to take on the it's only an Italian holiday, you know, up and even up and through the post war era there was still a multi ethnic band well, you know Columbus
2: it. we leave out the fact that probably the largest Catholic organization in the United States is the Knights That's
0: of Columbus. Brilliantly put. I mean absolutely you know, and the they church, were instrumental in making it a holiday. Sure
2: and the church the church connected to Columbus because he was a he was a transitional figure. He was well, a, he was a, a he was um heroic to the Wasp world. And the early church is
1: like, well, you know, he was Catholic. The well, same
2: way the Italians were like, he was Italian. Ex- so don't it's, forget, it's, 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 it's in, uh, in the
1: in the post-Civil War era, in the Reconstruction era, as the number of Catholics is growing, Irish and then eventually Italian, Polish, there's a huge movement to do away with Columbus Day then by the KKK and, and, and people of the same. I mean, it's amazing to think that he's now, he's you know, Columbus is being attacked for completely different reasons. You're talking 200 years later. So... The night of Columbus' push to federalize this holiday, which which the Italian community gathered through Il Progresso and Generoso Pope's efforts kind of join on to in the, in the early 30s, it's, it's the reaction to the anti-Columbus sentiment of the decades before that when he was seen as, oh, he's Catholic, he's uh, not part of the American mainstream, white Protestant mainstream, and there's huge movements that tear him down then. So he, he's a figure that's meant so many things to so many people um, sometimes the opposite side of the coin for the same groups.
0: Well, when it comes to the parade, like, I have these l- really powerful memories of back when it used to be cold in October. Uh, yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, when I, I, do you, I was thinking the same when thing. I to
1: take a coat to the parade?
0: When I gone. was, a, yeah, when I was Those a kid. Those days are gone. Now oh, it's kind of like,
2: you might get a... When,
0: nope. when I was a kid, my best friend Enza who was also from Oladibari. Her mom, Dora, would pack us all up. We lived three blocks away from each other. We went to this PS177 mm-hmm. on Avenue P pack us all up, take the train into the city, and I just remember being on the edge of the barricades, you know, bundled up because it was freezing, and watching this, like, giant papier-mâché yes,
2: Columbus
0: on the boat, which was at the Nina, the all three of them, you know, just yeah. parading down Fifth Avenue, the energy, the intensity, the pride, the sea of red, white, and green. It was beautiful. Yeah, It was a, a day where Italian-Americans were just out in full force, totally embracing... The button,
2: the kiss me, my Italian yeah, button. the, the, the I organ Those green, white, proud and red caps it. with the pom poms on three top. Yeah, the box over here. And it
0: really wasn't, you know, the, the I didn't take away a sense of glorifying a man. But you got to understand yeah. that. And I, I, and I was so a important. little girl, and I don't think any of the other people there. I I don't think any of the the ladies who the, who were immigrants who were at that parade who probably never learned a thing about Columbus exactly, in Italy like or you, America. Your story, yeah. It was about us as a people. It wasn't about let's pay tribute to this great uh, explorer.
1: And that's what that's what those decades between the '40s and today represent the the evolution of Columbus. You know, he goes from sort of forgotten figure to non British superhero to oh, to Catholic to eventually this Italian figure. And it's in those like '60s, '70s, '80s, people forget. In 1992, at the 500th anniversary of Columbus, it was a national celebration. I remember it distinctly. I have a watch. QVC was. So- you want
2: to hear tr- the truth about it? <laughs> I'm sure you have whatever
0: <laughs> Columbus-themed watch QVC. No, my was so. Did you order it
2: yourself? It. No, no okay. my friend. My friend. What year was it from? 1990. 1990- no, it had to be 90. That's 90. awesome. My friend from school, because I went to high school with a very strong Italian presence. His mother saw on QVC a Columbus watch. He got the Columbus watch. My mom was like, "I was like, Ma, my mother went and got me a Columbus watch." So it was a, it was a proud. It was a, it's a beautiful watch.
1: I still have it. That, that I don't think the movement works. I should get the movement fixed. You should get it fixed. That 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 to me, '92 is like the last gasp of this idea that Columbus was still a pan. But everything became. Figure. I mean, like we're entering more and more now a world where there's people who
2: don't remember September 11th. Forget about <laughs> 1992. Yeah. Um, come on, we went from having fun days. New York was like, we were a, we, New York was a microcosm of ethnicities, and you had the green beer on St. Patrick's Day, and you know, that was a party day and there was a Columbus Day Parade and a Steuben Day Parade and a Pulaski Day Parade. and it, that was the mosaic of New York's eth- mixed mm-hmm. ethnicities. Somewhere, I don't know when it happened. I think it happened in the early 2000s. We went from becoming ethnics to whites. And all of a sudden, it, Columbus Day went from becoming a fun day where somebody's walking around with a kiss me, I'm a half Italian or Italian power button, all of a sudden to this kind of polarized event and the fact that, you know, like I, I've seen um, Native Americans get very upset about this. And I don't think because where the Tang communities are are not in the same places where Native Americans are, I don't think they understood the the, the affinity the Tangs have. I know Fred Gardafay had mentioned to me He'd be a great guy to have on. Fred Garterfay talks about, there's a Native American, um, I believe he's a chief, and and Fred had the conversation with him saying, Dr. Should say, saying like, you don't understand Italian-Americans take this as a, all the things that we've just discussed, mm-hmm. right? So somehow it went from becoming an Italian pride day to kind of like this intense, uh, as, everything in this, as everything in this country, or even in this world, I feel is becoming us, them, combative. Divisive. Divisive. And now it's like all the fun is coming out of stuff. I mean, we could do a series yeah. on what happened in 14, on 1493. Yeah. Right? Then what happened? I'm There's sure books. the, the, the
0: business of uh, the fun establishing a new <laughs> land, country, whatever, was not pretty in any no. place no. ever.
1: Yeah. no, No mass population movement and mass population encounter has ever been pretty. The
2: medieval but world d- was rough. If, the, 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 the
0: if we want to, r- you know, our, uh, talk about bloodshed, I mean, it, wasn't England one of the most, uh, one of the countries that went to war more than, yeah, like, absolutely. anyone sure. ever Concreted killed? Was, How what, many people the did you know, they Ro, kill? Ro, How many people did the ancient Romans kill?
2: Yeah, yeah the medieval world was, it, co- people constantly. Constant warfare. I mean, Christian, Catholic, Western Europeans were cruel to each other. In foreign nations. And in internal wars. I mean, look look at the city-state battles yeah. in and Italy. And so were the cultures the, that the, they the met Guelphs, when they got what's, here. What's the name in Florence?
1: Gimbelians and with... the Guelphs. Sure. You know, it's it's, it's we've got to see history from a big picture. Well, this is the perfect place for us to close because if you want to have that conversation with us, come back next week for part two. We've danced around the subject. Next week we're really going to dig in and who
2: danced? We didn't
1: dance. <laughs> Dude, we, we've hinted on it. We
2: have a conversation.
1: We, and taught, decide and we, <laughs> we taught and tell it How did we do well, I've tried on to the keep subject? us more on the history. My, I, I've tried to keep us on the history. You, and what, now we're all rushing we to the middle. Yeah, and now we're ready to go right into the middle. We're going to have this conversation next week on part two of our discussion about Columbus Day. But we've got a special goodbye for you today. One of my all time favorite songs
2: from the most glorious son of Winhurst.
1: <laughs> That's right. So thank you for joining us on this Beautiful Columbus Day. We hope you're enjoying the holiday, our holiday. Hopefully you understand a little bit more how it became our holiday. And uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Charles, you you're supposed
2: to play the everyone. Oh, I am playing the music. I don't have it on here. It's gonna play no, off. Sure on I gotta day. put it in, in the waiting old day. To hear this. It's going
0: in <laughs> Why you tell Isabella that the world is round? Please, Mr. Columbus, turn the ship around. And then one day they sighted land just off the starboard bow. Columbus said, "I told you so. The
1: journey's over now." An Indian shouted from the shore, "Portada, no be it Seván."
2: Luigi turned around and said, "Hey, a dollar I believe don't take me back no more. I'm gonna stay right here and make the chief my father-in-law. I'm glad you tell Isabella that the world is round. I don't know where we are, but there's pisana's all around."